Now to whom we pray? Matthew 6, 6-10 But when you pray, go into your room and when you shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. First thing, then, get alone with God as Father in the secret place. Second thing, be aware before you begin, he already knows your needs, so it is as much about thanking him for his provision as it is for petitioning him for it. I'll say that again in English. In his provision, his seeing beforehand, he already has the right answer for your need and is eager to give it to you. Your job is to find out what he wants to do and then ask him to do it. But there are a few preliminaries. So at the beginning, when Jesus teaches the disciples to pray, he starts off by addressing someone as Father. For these Jewish boys, that would have been a revelation. Here was a God, not afar off, who needed to be appeased by sacrifice, but someone who was close enough for them to have an intimate relationship with them. So intimate, they were to call him Father. Father, this is someone who knows you intimately, played a part in your conception, loves you and has great plans for you. So the very first thing we need to reinforce is that we are born again from above, which makes God our heavenly Father. We now have his DNA, as well as the DNA of our earthly parent, who may not have been any great shakes as a father. So we'll need to do a rewrite at this point in our understanding of what Father really means. This heavenly Father calls us his children. He owns us as his Therefore, he protects, guides and provides for us. We can be sure in these things and secure, no matter what life throws at us. As a child looks up to its earthly father, or should do, honours him and respects him, listens to what he says and obeys him, that's what we're now being trained to do in relation to Father God. We are under the care of the model parent, and we are in the process of learning what it's like to have a father who knows what he's doing with his kids. A parent who has unlimited resources and a plan for their lives so huge we cannot get our imaginations round it. We all, Hebrew tells us, Hebrews tells us, had fathers who disciplined us, but it goes on to say that it was for their convenience, not our good, that we were disciplined. But our Heavenly Father is completely the opposite. Hear it in the message, Hebrews 12, 4-11. We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us, so why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? When we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them, but God is doing what's best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Everything he does is for our profit, not 
his convenience. That's the first upside-down thing we come across. He isn't like our earthly father, no matter how good that father was. So we have to rewrite our mindset on that for starters. As a result of that, we cannot help but worship. Hallowed be thy name.